Welcome to Detours, the podcast that takes you on extraordinary adventures in the world of ultra cycling and bikepacking races. I'm Mel. And I'm Cynthia. We are both racers driven by our love for two wheels, and we are so glad that you have joined us for the ride. Both of us have ridden thousands of miles around the world, challenging ourselves to reach new limits. From remote corners of the globe to the adventures tackled in our own backyards, we'll bring you the stories from inside and out of the Ultra Peloton, featuring racers, directors, and community members. This show is more than just a collection of stories of triumph and victory. It's about celebrating the journey and the detours along the way. Our mission is simple. We hope by sharing stories about this wild side of cycling will encourage more folks to get on their bikes and go out for a ride. Whether you're an aspiring racer, a seasoned rider, or simply a curious soul eager to be captivated by Tales from the Trail, this podcast is for you. Episode one, detours. Cynthia, we're finally doing it. Here we are, Mel. I'm so pumped. Oh my gosh, uh, what a ride! So many ideas. We're finally making the thing happen. I feel like I've told so many people, "Hey, I'm releasing a podcast with Cynthia. It's coming." <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, "So when can I listen?" I'm like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> well, it's happening. Uh, we're gearing up for this. Is like I guess episode point five instead of point one because mm-hmm. I guess our first like official episode will be with. Should we tell them who episode one is with? Mm, yes we should tell them <laughs> no we should keep it a secret we can keep it a secret a previous it's... winner of badlands dun 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 and uh cynthia you came second to badlands last year to Lil wilcox mm-hmm. so yeah can you tell us just like a little bit about what badlands is and what people can buckle up for next time Yeah. So Badlands is actually coming up in about two weeks, two and a half weeks. And it's an ultra cycling race. One of the bigger races. And this one is in Europe. It's in Southern Spain. It is 750 kilometers with about 16,000 meters of elevation gain. So it's a pretty hefty ride. Well, Mm -hmm. with a lot of climbing. Um, But it's it's one of the more popular races. It kind of blew up maybe in the last two ish years. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, I, I did it last year. It was my first really long ultra cycling race. I, I had done a 350 mile race a couple times before and done 24 hour rides over through the night. But yeah, Badlands was my first over multi night experience. And uh, wow. Yeah, that was a have you, have you made your YouTube video telling people what not to do at Badlands yet? Um, so I'm, I'm working on that. Hopefully for those listening, when this podcast comes out, you'll actually be able to find the what not to do at Badlands video on my YouTube channel with lots of tips and tricks for not just Badlands, but also anybody interested in doing an ultra cycling race or ride. Right on. Well, we'll put that in the show notes to make sure that, uh, people can access it. Really excited to release that Badlands episode because I think it'll get people pretty pumped up for some dot watching, which is, Oh my gosh, I mean, okay, so I just finished a race like literally yesterday and Tell then immediately <laughs> and then immediately jumped into uh, a WhatsApp chat dot watching and commenting on Silk Road Mountain Race. Oh gosh, so exciting. I've been updating the tracker like <laughs> every half hour. 
Um, yeah, so I just finished, um, I guess to kind of backpedal, tell people a little bit about I'm Mel based in Vancouver, Canada. And so I just did a race 700 kilometers through the Rockies. It started in Canmore, which is south of Banff, um, where the Tour Divide starts. It rode a mm-hmm. big chunk of the Tour Divide course um, up through Banff over the High Rockies Trail, which is like entirely single track. Some of the craziest, most amazing single track I've ever ridden. Mm-hmm. Um, not like overly technical, but really beautiful. And then down south, through Alberta, through the mountains, it was... Okay, I've been calloused because um, I've done only done Nelson Trees ultra races, and he is... Who is Nelson? Tell us about who Nelson is. <laughs> so Nelson is the creator of Silk Road Mountain Race, Atlas Mountain Race, and the new Hellenic Mountain Race. Um, Silk Road Mountain Race is like his kind of queen race. That's the most well-known one, I think, next to the Tour Divide, I would say, that's pro- and Badlands. So that's like one of the biggest names for races. Anyways, Nelson is the race director he's known for famously putting heinous hike bikes and just really outrageous things in races uh to get you to some beautiful locations and isn't so, it it's it's not a bike race it's a foot race with your bike isn't that what people say about <laughs> I, th- I, thought, I so i went to the inaugural hellenic mountain race in the spring and everybody's like oh yeah it'll be like easier air quotes easier than than his other races and it was like a hike a bike bonanza the weather also made it like ridiculous but i swear i spent like most days walking my bike versus riding it because it was either too steep or we were like lifting our bike up over boulders it was ridiculous um well hopefully you saw some good views yeah yeah so many good views anyways Nelson has calloused me to like anything outrageous because like the I don't get me wrong this course was super challenging that I just took on um but I did get to like the one major hike a bike and I was just like giggling all the way up because I was like it's not a Nelson hike a bike <laughs> and you were um, like wait it's over already yeah I was like oh my god I got to the top in an hour and I was like looking around and I was so pumped and then I will say that the descent from that hike a bike was through alder brush. And so I spent eight kilometers of just like bushwhacking, punching tree branches out of my face. Mm. It was horrible. Like the descent. I was going to say, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, no. Anyways. Um, So, yeah, that was what I was up to the last four days. And I actually took one of your pieces of advice, Cynthia, and I didn't listen to music for the first 12 hours. Uh Uh-huh. And And then how'd it go? amazing i'm gonna do that every time it's such a it's such a treat like for anybody doing any sort of long distance you have to have like a carrot on a stick not everybody has needs this uh but i definitely need something that is like encouraging for later so that is listening to music later in the evening when it's getting dark when i'm like experiencing a hard time so i'm glad that worked out for you it It was such a a treat and also i've I'm going to put the link in the show notes too, and I've got you hooked on it. Cynthia, you're going to listen to it overnight at Badlands, but for anybody listening, and this is probably just now becoming a podcast promoting other podcasts, but (laughs) Normal Gossip is the ultimate podcast for ultra cyclists because I can't even tell people too much about it, but it just transports you into other people's drama and takes your brain to a completely different place. Like, Every time I was having a hard time and kind of wallowing in my self-pity, I put on one of these episodes and I was immediately giggling and forgot <laughs> what I was going through. Um, I listened to them on a, uh, the 
like one or two of them on a long ride recently. And I was laughing so hard. My AirPod like kept almost popping out of my ear because I was smiling <laughs> so much. I was like, I need to stop laughing. <laughs> but that's such a good feeling. Yeah. It, mm. it, it like, it helped me with the night riding and mm. oh my gosh, I, I feel like I need to have a whole, I mean, you prefer to ride in the forest, which I think is just bonkers. Cause I'm like riding at night in the forest. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm trapped. Whereas like it's, when it's more open road, I'm like, oh, I'm not trapped. It's fine. I think it's because where I live on the East Coast, we have so many trees and I'm always in the trees and like being on single track and close to trees is like, I feel more safe that way when I'm on like exposed and there's like nothing. I'm like, oh God, what's over there? You know? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my gosh, we have, I'm really excited for all of the stories we could share. Like, I mean, I could do a million, a could chilly, <laughs> could chilly about. Well, like, let's tell everybody why we are going to do this podcast. Like what's, what is our inspiration? I yeah, well, a hundred percent. I mean, I was, I've wanted to like, I'm a chronic storyteller, my own stories, other people's stories, and was poking around like really, really desperate for more stories of like what women are doing in races and, and other people too, um, and also wanted to just like hear from female hosts themselves. And there's a lot of like road racing specific podcasts, but not necessarily a lot in the bikepacking space. I think Sherry from Buzz Along just started her podcast, which is mm-hmm. super and people should definitely check out. But I was like, oh, I just want to like, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do an interview with Cynthia and then talk about her racing. And I was like, wait, Cynthia would be the best co-host. So, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I got too many irons in the fire. And then we started brainstorming like all these women we wanted to have on and to hear about mm. their racing experience. And then it spiraled pretty quickly. And so, yeah, I mean, I think by hearing stories, people hopefully will be inspired to just get on a bike themselves. It doesn't have to be these huge epic adventures, but rather just bringing mm-hmm. those things that we're experiencing and other people are experiencing and giving them a platform to share what they're up to. Yeah, absolutely. And I fully support any women female identifying individuals out in the space, whether it's just riding your bike 10 miles to a a campsite, bikepacking, and then riding home the next day, or doing these bigger, longer distance routes, like what Nelson Trees has going. Uh, But basically this here is to support those individuals who are doing cool things. And Mm -hmm. by supporting each other, we can, we can grow the, this, this side of sport, especially for women identifying individuals. Yeah. I mean, and you've been to, you've been to some races where there's been amazing female participation, like across Andes, I think Mm -hmm. Silk Road had the most number of women this year. And, oh, I mean, like I'm even more motivated now because I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but, uh, I was the only woman in the distance I raced. And then there were only two women. So I raced the 700 kilometer and there were two women in the 500 kilometer of my event. Mm. Yeah, I think it all comes down to accessibility, race promotion. There's a million factors, but what whatever we can do to talk about the races out there that are like the one that you just did. So mm-hmm. people know it and hopefully next year there are more women, but also the bigger races. Like I know that Badlands last year had a good number of women and I'm sure that there's probably even more this year. So I'm very excited to like have a, a, a field, like a like 20 to 30 deep field of women in an ultra race. Like that's pretty unheard of. And I think, um, we did see that actually at Andes last year. And I think hopefully we'll see more than 30 at Badlands this year. 
Yeah, and their st- Andy's storytelling was awesome. Like it felt like they were always celebrating the women. I forget the because it's their native language is Spanish, and so mm-hmm. I, it, how do you say? Oh, you're practicing Spanish, aren't you? I'm trying. <laughs> I've too many times in Spanish-speaking countries, and I still don't speak Spanish. We're talking. They, Andes does a wonderful job of celebrating the racers, I think. And there are definitely some ultras out there that also have done a really good job. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Actually, I'm going back to Andes this fall, so I'll be. I'm excited to, to experience that, and hopefully, I think there'll be more women than than were last year. So that's thirty. Gosh, can you imagine if it was like forty or fifty? That would be wild. Is it, imagine like I, I think it will happen i mean we're getting so close i mean like i'm excited to see have you seen the start list for badlands yet i actually have not i'm i'm kind of avoiding <laughs> i i just like to show up to the start line it seem i know that seems like i'm not prepared but for me i just like yeah i don't really need to know who's racing i'm out there to to race my best but i'm hoping that that we'll see probably 30 more than 30 women I know we will, because last year I'm pretty sure it was like 20 to 30, yeah, something like that. 25. Oh, I cannot wait to dot watch. I cannot. It's going to be so short. It's like I, compared to what we're doing with Silk Road, where it's like you you're going to be done in what days. 48 hours? No, I wish. Maybe in the 50s, <laughs> something mid 50. Okay, we that's shall see. that's really quick. I think it's actually funny badlands is actually pretty comparable in terms of i think what i just did in terms of speed for the top the front because uh even though so it was i think mine was 695 kilometers and twelve thousand meters of elevation mm-hmm. but what made it slower was the amount of single track mm, um yeah. whereas badlands is obviously there's still like a tiny bit of hike a bike but it's 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 a little bit like people are on, are on gravel bikes instead of mountain bikes so it's a little mm-hmm. bit faster mm-hmm. um but I think the guy who won this event, it was two days, three hours. So that would be, what, 51 hours? Mm-hmm. I think Seb Brower did the men's best time last year at Badlands in 42 or 43 hours, I want to say. And Lael did it in 55 or 56 hours. I can't remember what her time was. But, yeah, so those are the times to beat for this year. Seb and Lael both did really good runs. And last year, the heat was pretty low. So mm-hmm. they actually, we just got notification that they had to update the beginning of the route, which is kind of a bummer because I really enjoyed that first um, first section. It goes, it's basically... Um, the first part goes through uh, Sierra de Hu- Sierra de Huerta National Park. I can't pronounce it, um, <laughs> but the, they've they've changed it a little bit. Um, it's crazy. It's super steep at the very beginning, and everyone just goes so fast. And I'm like, why are you going so fast? Yeah, but okay, let, let's be later. clear for anybody listening. Cynthia is <laughs> one of those people going very fast. Someone out there is thinking like, this woman, like she's just. I have to say, I you've probably you have probably experienced this because you've won races before I am not a very fast racer at all but I will infinitely try and uh, maybe 20 30 no it's probably closer to 50k into the race there are people out mountain biking on the course Mm -hmm. and a guy rides past me and he goes oh my god it's the first woman and I was like wait I am the first I mean I'm the only one but I was like I guess I am. And I was like, I don't know when this is ever going to happen to me ever again. But that was that was really cool. It's like it's a cool feeling to be at the front. It definitely is. Um, I have I have been at the front a little bit recently and it feels 
super special to come, come across the finish line. I just recently did a race in Italy called Memory Bike. And for the first time ever, there was more than like five people at the finish. There was like, I don't know, maybe well, there's a 40 party. to 60. Right? Yeah, they had a festival. Uh, so I finished literally during like a dance party. There was like a DJ and all these people were standing around when I came through. I felt like, you know, actually I took a gel like 20 minutes before the finish because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be dead when I get there. And yeah. it was actually quite helpful. Um, but I definitely could not join the party. I had to, uh, I had to quickly go to sleep after that point. Actually, I had to eat a lot of food first, of course, yeah. Then, yeah. then go to sleep. Um, we're probably yeah. going to keep this one pretty short and sweet, but I feel like there's kind of two things I want to cover is like yeah. one, our relationship with cycling and mm-hmm. why, why we have chosen this most ridiculous discipline to <laughs> lean into. Um, yeah, I mean, we can start there. Sure. Do you want to go first? My I'm relationship with cycling. My cat's breaking into the room. Stevie. I can hear Stevie meowing. Oh no. Very cute cat. <laughs> Anyways, your relationship with cycling. My relationship with cycling is uh, pretty significant. I am very involved in the bicycle community, whether it's uh, racing. So I am an ultra cyclist and I race my bike all over the world and I've had some good results recently and I really love to be on my bike for a long time and push myself. I'm also very competitive. So that's where the racing comes in. Why are you so competitive? Is it anything to do with brothers growing up? I did. I had (laughs) something like that. I grew up with three older brothers and always, they always pushed me and I always wanted to win against them in anything I did. So naturally I am just competitive in everything else in my life now, including bike racing, also including anything, any challenge anywhere. So if you are interested in a challenge, let's do it. Yes. Um, but I, yeah, let's see. I was a triathlete briefly, then a road racer for a long time, then a gravel racer. And now I do long distance ultra cycling And outside of actually racing, I plan a gravel race that is called Gravista. It's a uh, shorter, I say shorter, for most people, it's quite long. There's a 30 and a 60 mile distance and it's in Virginia. Um, It is very challenging, lots of elevation gain. Gravista is going to be in its fourth year. So I started it right after the pandemic essentially. And that's sort of a part-time job for me. And I also am a videographer. So I, I do a bunch of random things in that sphere. I do weddings occasionally. I have a YouTube channel. So if you are interested in anything about ultra racing, whether it's tips and tricks or anything like racing or inspirational yeah. stories, find me on YouTube. It's Watt Wagon. Watt Wagon. And Watt Wagon. Um, the memory bike part one was so good. Oh, thank you. I just put put up the second one today. I've I've said so many. Okay. So the second one is live. Yeah. The second one is live. I put it up uh, yesterday while you were racing, basically. The only other, the only cycling content I've consumed since finishing racing was immediately refreshing map progress for Silk Road. And then, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's funny, Nelson, I have been texting about like what's happening at the front. Like I'm already oh. just, I'm in it. I'm already in. You're ready. You were like, oh, this race had to happen at the worst time. I really wanted to be paying attention to it the was tracker. The worst you're like the racing w- and you're refreshing the, no, the I was tr- dot watcher while you're racing. <laughs> I was actually really f- for like, I really wanted to do this race like for me fast. And I think like I rode really strong during the day and I just like mentally freaked out at night because I was so scared mm. of the dark, mm. um, which is like probably why I feel fine now because I didn't really go so deep into sleep deprivation. Like I mm-hmm. just, I slept when I got scared 
And then I got up when I felt like it was enough, like a few enough number of hours till morning or like Mm -hmm. daylight to get back on the bike and not be like slamming on the brakes and getting off because I was scared of something. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, you did sleep in a couple different accommodations. Give us a quick rundown. (laughs) (laughs) So I officially, okay. People who have, if you are starting to like delve into, uh, following bikepacking racing and like you'll see lots of different and just bikepacking in general you see lots of different pack setups you'll see lots of different things um when i say i went fast and light this time i normally would bring like a sleeping mat and a proper bivy and a sleeping bag and be getting like proper night's rest and i was like you know what nope i want to go like you know cut down on the sleep so i'm going to do my sleeping mat because it was going to be pretty cold at night um an emergency bivy and then it was going to be really cold. So I brought down pants and a down jacket. The first night of the race, I slept outside in a field. I saw a sign for a campground and I was like, perfect. And I went right really fast because I thought it was right there. And it just threw me into a field where like motor homes were supposed to park. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm already in the field. Like I'm not going to waste time trying to find this stupid campground. Cause I was like all asleep on a picnic table off the ground. So I slept in the field and it went down to minus five degrees Celsius and I was in an emergency bivy and I just was like, like, but the stars were beautiful. So that was like the silver lining, but I, at least it wasn't raining. That's another silver lining. Yeah. So I did like two or three, three hours in, in this, this field and didn't really sleep. And so then the next night, thankfully, like it was right before this big hike a bike. So I booked a hotel room, slept for a couple hours in the hotel room, which was like the right call. Cause it was in the negatives again. And then I was so scared of being cold the next two nights. I was like, I found a toilet, like a wheelchair accessible washroom, um, which is basically just a pit toilet with like a building around it. So <laughs> on the, th- the third night I slept in a pit toilet and it was the best, like the door locked. It was like a free hotel. It was like the Shangri-La of bikepacking. Um, and then I had such a great time sleeping in the toilet that night. I slept in another toilet last night. For two I didn't know that. <laughs> well, okay. So before I, t- I talk about why I love uh, why I love doing this, it's that's not just the toilets though. Um, <laughs> if you if you follow the Tour Divide, the three leaders of the Tour Divide this year actually all slept in a portaloo, which is significantly. <laughs> I don't think they actually slept. I think they just no. They there. just like sat on top of each other. Like they're they like had the, much smaller. It's like only yeah. meant for one person, and it's not for handicapped at all. Yeah, it's like one meter by one meter. Like you can't lay down there. They were just like sitting on top of each other. Anyways, no the so I. I actually did a lot of night riding on the third night because I was so close to the finish and I was like, I felt really strong because I'd been resting. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to ride as, as long as I can. And so I actually ended up like bumping into another guy and we were leapfrogging. So we did a bunch of the night riding together and I was like, oh, if he's going to ride through the night, I'm going to ride through the night. Like, I don't want to lose the the comfort of having another person around me. So we were riding, riding, riding. And all of a sudden I look behind me and he's gone. And I was like, Oh, did I drop him? Like what the heck? And it was about one in the morning and I was like, okay, well I actually would benefit from like two hours of sleep. So I'll just, I guess he's pulled over. I might as well pull over now too. Um, and I was kind of near some campgrounds. And so I just was like, Oh, I'll just huck a hard turn into the one and see if there's uh, somewhere for me to lay down. And sure enough, there was a smaller washroom, but 
uh, it did fit my bicycle and me inside of it. And, uh, I was laying like basically on the toilet. Like I was bumped up against it and that one did not smell as fresh, but, uh, it was warm and it mm-hmm. was out of the wind. The door locked. I should also add, like I was in grizzly bear country for this entire race. So I was like, also like, I have so much food on my bike. I don't want to like follow proper bear protocol and have my stuff super far away from me because like it, it which it, that's a whole thing. But anyways, being inside a building with a door that locked was great. So yeah, two nights in a toilet. And I feel like I'm a real bike packer now. Because yeah, you're more of a real bike packer than I am because I haven't slept in a pit toilet yet. And you slept in two back to back. I you're like t- ready for the tour divide. <laughs> I guess it, it, it was a, like, it was a treat. It, it was a treat because you're not outside. I, mean, I would have definitely taken a pit toilet many, many times when I was any time I was racing in the last like year, I would definitely, if I could have had a pit toilet, I would have slept in there instead of freezing my butt off on the ground somewhere. Yeah, totally. Um, well, so tell us was, more about you and where, where your relationship is with cycling. Cause we obviously know you like to sleep in pit toilets. <laughs> we don't, we can dedicate a whole episode free to pit toilets for the best. <laughs> yeah. So my relationship with cycling, I mean, honestly, cycling has been my saving grace. I think I was, never a good athlete growing up. I always wanted to be a good athlete. I wanted, I would try to be on the cross country team. I was terrible, but I always tried, like I've always tried really hard and I just was really bad. And then, um, in university was a competitive rower. I was a coxswain. So the little person who, uh, sits and steers and calls the race plan, uh, trained with the Canadian national team was like, I'm going to go to the Olympics with the Canadian team. That was my like dream. I got cut in, I don't know what year I got, I got cut from the team. And so I really leaned into running marathons and then moved out to Vancouver from the East coast of Canada and had a thriving running scene. And that was really my community. And then I shattered my tibia plateau in my right leg in 2020. And they were like the, my surgeon's like, yeah, you'll probably don't want to run marathons anymore. Like that plate and those six screws are going to feel pretty horrendous. Um, and I said, you don't know who I am. I'm going to run. <laughs> I'm going to run a marathon again. And sure enough, I like rehabbed really well. I started running again, but it really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had always cycled as like a cross training method. And so and then the pandemic hit and I was like, well, riding on the road, I feel like kind of trapped here. So I bought a used what I thought was a gravel bike. It was actually a cyclocross bike. Um but I didn't know any better. So I was bopping around on like really gnarly, uh, British Columbia, like FS forest service roads on like 33 C tires with tubes in them and the pressure up to like 60 PSI, just like flying down these descents with no concept of what I was doing. Um, and I was like, Whoa, this is so liberating. Like just being self-sufficient out in, Like, it's just you and your bike and you to be, I love being like out there in the wilderness because you have to, you have to rely on you and you don't actually have to like deal with other people and, and their stuff. And so that's kind of where my, my off-road cycling was born. And then, yeah, it's just been a tool to, I was actually saying in the car to my, my partner, Jake today, like it's, it's an escape from like, I've. I think I've, I've been medicated for depression for three years now. 
Hmm. It's not my method of running away from it by any means, but it's like a very healthy escape in that like I'm no longer plagued by those really like potentially dark things. It's like, oh, it's really simple. You ride your bike, you feed yourself, you find somewhere to sleep and then that's it. So it's it's been like very, very liberating and also mm. just like my means of connecting with other people like frick beating you meeting like met this guy like <laughs> this hilarious guy I ended up riding with for like 20 hours or something like it's just been such a wonderful means of connection with myself and other people and so I hope that oh my gosh like whenever I hear inspiring stories of other people doing things I'm like oh, okay I, I can do it mm-hmm. and so that's mm-hmm. like if one person hears one of our episodes and is like oh I'm gonna go try something new I'd be like yeah okay we win that's it yeah absolutely the connection that you experience whether it's a short ride that you meet somebody on the trail. Actually, I'm really excited about this. I need to tell you Uh, connection. I was riding back on the bike path near where I live near Washington, DC. And I saw this girl wearing a a full on kit, like a Rafa kit. Mm -hmm. It was hot pink Jersey, totally put together, but was on like, was riding sneakers. And I thought to myself, this person looks like they want to ride bikes. It was Mm -hmm. a woman. But, you know, they're they're wearing tennis shoes, which is totally fine when Mm -hmm. you're getting into bike riding. Tennis shoes are fine to ride with. Uh, But I thought to myself after I rode behind her for a little bit because she was going like relatively fast Mm -hmm. and I was tired and I was like, I'll just ride. I'll just ride behind her for a little. Um, And we came up to a stop sign. I had the opportunity to like say something. I said, like, I don't see very many women my age out riding like it's really cool to see this. And she was like, she lit up and she was like, I I never, you know, like agreed with me. Um, and then we rode together. She actually lives like, I don't know, a mile from me. And, um, like basically we're going to go for a ride. She's like newer, hasn't really ridden off the bike path yet. So like just an opportunity, I'm gonna like teach her how to ride on the road a little. Um, and literally warmed my heart. And, and like, after we separated, I went, I rode through a park and I saw this little girl riding on basically a Strider bike, but with pedals, like one size up. And mm-hmm. she just jetted in front of me and was going super fast. And I was cheering her on and I was like, good job. You got it. And she goes, thank you. And oh. she like pulled off. And I literally, I was like, day made, I just rode a hundred miles, but you know what? This is way better than being like stoked about my, my ride. Like I was just really excited to have the experience to like meet these well, meet one and encourage another, you know, and just like women supporting women, but also just like the experiences that you have while you're on a bike, like your instant connection. I mean, I know that that happens in other sports totally, but cycling, especially long distance cycling, you can become instant friends with somebody. You're like, Oh, we're both suffering together. We're it's like a next level thing. Yourself. Like when you're doing these really like long and also like on shorter things too, like but you're turning yourself like inside out. And when you're, when you're at that physical and mental limit, emotions run so much higher. And so people Mm. are very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like this guy I ended up riding with, like we talked about our entire life stories. We talked about our (laughs) mental health. We talked about our relationships. Like, and by the end of it, like he's like, Oh my God. Like, I guess we're going home now. Like it's, 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 <laughs> it's like it's summer a- camp when you leave summer camp and you're like, I'm leaving my friends. Yeah. It's the same thing. You have like this life changing experience with another person or near another person. And you like, feel like you need to check in on that person every once in a while. And like, yeah. when you see them again, if, it, if you do see them again in another race, it's like your best friends. It's like, you have yeah. this connection that's like unbreakable. It's such a crazy thing that bikes 
can that's do that. That's why I'm hooked. That's like, mm, it's such same. a trap. You do one of these things, you meet people for five minutes and then you're like, all right, I'll see you next year. Cause wait, I, is it that, is it, it um, is it, uh, stepbrothers? And he's like, did we just become best friends? Best friends? <laughs> yup. <laughs> yup. <laughs> do I go do karate in the, I'm good. I'm probably saying it wrong. That's it. It's something like that. I'm not a movie uh, quote person, but I do remember that. Do we just become be fr- best friends? Yep. yep. Yeah. That's funny. I am a movie quote person. I like get things on loop, especially like during rides. Like I mm. saw some donkeys and then immediately started quoting Shrek. I was like, donkey. Oh. <laughs> Shut up, Tina. <laughs> like, what are okay. you doing in my swamp? <laughs> Okay, also, um, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I guess we've, we, we've talked about like what we and why we are into cycling and why yeah. we started how, where we are now. Um, we, you know, we basically kind of went over everything we wanted to talk about today on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have some fun little things that we want to talk about. Um, and I guess we did talk about our our upcoming guest, which we are not going to share who it is, but uh, our next no. guest is going to be a winner of Badlands. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully we'll have that out before the race. Um, but yeah. yeah, what's next for us going forward? Oh, what's well, you're I want to hear Badlands. a little bit more about your Badlands. I am I'm going to take two weeks off the bike, which I'm really excited about Good for you. Um, mm. I'm going I'm actually flying overnight to Ontario tomorrow to see my family spend two weeks at the cottage. Um, I feel really good after this race, like physically, because I think I, I, because I was sleeping, I didn't actually go so, so, so deep into a hole. Like my legs aren't even sore today, which I think is not like, I think that that's a sign I probably could have done a little bit more. No, it means that your body's really good at recovering, which is good. Um, Mm -hmm. anyways, so yeah, the next two weeks off the bike and then some like creative art projects and, getting this podcast out into the world. And then I'm going to really buckle down this fall. I want to race Atlas mountain race in February in Morocco, which I think you want to do too. Right, Cynthia? I don't know. Maybe I said it last year and I didn't go, but, um, I don't know. Hopefully I can make it happen this year. I've done a lot of racing, so we shall see what ends up happening. I still have three more races this year left. Like like you have so much left. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, this is, I mean, that's the exciting thing about like you're, how old are you now? I am 31. Crazy. Okay. So I'm 27. So we're not that, not that far apart in age, but the exciting part about being a woman in cycling, I think is you just you, get better. You just get better. And so you I'm get like, better. I'm like, Oh, if I'm 27 and starting to do this, like I'm going to be so freaking badass by the time I'm 45. Heck yes. <laughs> That's right. So, yes. uh, the next, Oh my God, sorry. The cat is now we've been gone for a week. So she's She's, she's had missing. A, she's yeah. had a sitter, but she wants mom. Aww. Um, yeah. So I'm really like trying to take the next few years to just learn and get immersed. Um, sometimes I race with my partner, Jake, but I'm going to do Morocco solo just because I think like that's a race I actually would feel really good about riding through the night in because I like riding through like exposed places and mm-hmm. I'm also fluent in French. So I feel like pretty comfortable, um, conversing with the people and navigating that side of things. So that's what's coming up next for me and just excited to I don't think I've like I'm not taking a bike with me to Ontario so and it's at the cottage is on an island so I literally uh, I can't I'm excited to just have to do nothing yeah it's a embrace it enjoy it yeah. don't limit yourself in anything just do what you want to do yeah. it's the best it's a good feeling taking time off 
even though it's really hard when you come back, it's Mm -hmm. so much better for your body taking that time off. You come back so much faster. A hundred percent. And it won't be tempted to be like, oh, I feel kind of good today. So I could go Maybe for Maybe I should ride. No. Yeah. No, enjoy. Enjoy the time with your family. Okay. Yeah. So you've got Badlands next then. Like yep. what, what else is there? I mean, you've got a gajillion things. Tell us. A million things. Yeah. So I'm doing Badlands at the beginning of September. And then I'm also on a women's gravel team called Velocio Exploro. Mm-hmm. And we are sponsored by 3T, um, mm-hmm. Italian bike brand. And they are putting on an event in October called Jeroboam and Ooh. they have a 300 K race in Francia Corta or friend France. Yeah. Francia Corta, I think is how you pronounce it. It's, it's just outside of Bergamo, which is like kind of near Milan, but mm-hmm. that one is in October. And then in November, I'll be heading to Chile for across Andes. It'll be the second time going to the race, but this year the route is South in Patagonia in Chile. So cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one. It's going to be cool. Um, and there's going to be yeah. YouTube videos on all these things, right? So, yeah, we have an exciting project coming from Badlands, like a true film project, which is cool. I actually will not be using my camera almost at all during the race. And like is the normally race, is the race doing that film or is that one of your um, sponsors? Yeah. So I'm putting it together with a videographer named Sebastian who mm-hmm. works for a company uh, called Science. He's out of Germany and he's a, he's a good friend of mine and has helped me in the past year really with a lot of video projects and and photo. So yeah, we're going to work together on this project. Um, and that'll be a, like a big one that we'll release mm-hmm. later this fall. Um, and then I don't know, we'll see. I haven't decided on and days yet in terms of like filming it or not. There's a lot of competition there this year and yeah. it's super challenging to race at the highest level and also try and film things. It's pretty challenging to do that. I, I will say the, <laughs> the bite mount. It's made, so good. It made it much, but there was definitely times where I was like, I can't take my camera out and talk to myself because I just need to like, and I wasn't even going that exceptionally fast, but I was like, I just, it's not a priority right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I have definitely experienced where I'm like, I really want to say something about what I'm experiencing, but I'm too tired or, (laughs) you know, I don't know what I'm worried about the person behind me because it happens sometimes. Um, like the beginning of a race will be, you know, I won't, yeah. I won't utilize the filming as much. I didn't but. record anything in the last, like I've been trying to get some video on YouTube going in the, on the very last mountain pass of this race, I had been like riding beside this guy for, for quite some time. Um, and it was actually hilarious. We ended up like we both stopped that night and then I got on the bike at like three thirty in the morning. And then within 10 minutes, I see like my shadow is growing on the road and he's riding up behind me. He got on mm. the bike at the exact same time. That's we, had hilarious. No cell, we had no cell service. So it's not like he knew like it just happened like fortuitously. And so we ended up like basically riding until the last pass. And I got on the pass and I was like. I had like an out of body experience. Like I couldn't mm. believe the legs I had. I was like so motivated and I dropped him and I was like, Heck holy yeah. sh-. I was like, holy shit, he's gone. <laughs> and so then I got to, the, I kept every like switch back. I'd look behind me and I never saw him again. I never saw him again. And I was super emotional about like getting this thing done. And I was like, wow, I'm going to be the only woman. Like I'm, I can't believe it. And like I got to the descent and it was super rough and my hands were going numb. And I was like, I looked at the tracker at the top and I saw that he was a K and a half behind me. And I was like, I stopped for like 15 seconds. And then I was like, you just have to bomb the the rest. And so I didn't record anything at Mm. all the last Mm -hmm. day because I just was like, oh my God. You were racing. I I was, I I was racing. I was like, that's right. You were racing. (laughs) It was crazy. I love it. 
it was super exciting. Good for you. I bet that was a good feeling too. Yeah. I did. I I did like in the last, when I got onto like the, there was like a final bike path at the end and I opened up the tracker and I saw the gap I had opened up on him and I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) Amazing. That's such a good feeling when you look at the tracker and you're like, I can breathe. Yeah. And I was, I was so hungry and I had no food left that was oh. easy to open. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really, or you just didn't want to eat anything or like the food you had was not interesting at all. That's the worst yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, one of the best things you do uh, when you're after your races is you write food diaries. And so I did that for the first mm. time. I'm almost done writing my food diary. Oh, I'm I, so excited to read it. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Huge tangent. Okay. So we talked about what's next for you and A's. That's December. Yeah. And then, um, no, that's November. And then we'll see about, I, I think I finalized my schedule for next year and I think mm-hmm. Alice is on it, but I mm-hmm. just, I need to figure out it's expensive to get to Morocco and I need to make sure that I can make that happen. Um, yeah. and yeah, I'm like in the process of doing a million things, but I'm actually looking to buy a van. So van life for <gasps> me is coming up, I think. Um, so that's yes. exciting. That's another thing coming up. But um, yeah, besides that, just training and focusing on work and doing this podcast with you, this awesome podcast where we uh, are going to interview some amazing people. Um, yeah. But let's end on our hot takes because I'm pretty Heck excited yes. about this. Heck yes. So the first one. Music or no music? Yeah, music all the way. Music um, all the way. Not for the 12, first 12 hours of a race anymore, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, music all the way. Um, nice. I've got this playlist called Ultra Pop, and that is my like, when I need to get fired up, I put it on. Actually, you'll laugh at this. I'm like a little bit juvenile about my pump up songs. Um, I want you to tell me your two pump up songs when you tell <laughs> okay. me if you like these or not. But Okay. Okay, so from High School Musical 2... Troy's no. solo song bet on it I can't it's it he's like he's just like I'm not gonna stop not gonna stop till I get on top <laughs> so oh my gosh the, I love that, it that was you uh, know on loop for 30 minutes but yeah music all the way and have been getting more into like podcasts and audiobooks for when you just need to be distracted mm-hmm. totally yeah. yeah. So for me, music all the way or audio books or podcasts. Um, I also, yeah, my tip was to melt, wait till the nighttime. I, honestly, one time I waited 24 hours until I listened to something Whoa. and it was because I was like around people yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. you know, I just, that was, the situation didn't arise. Um, but for me, I, my weakness or not my weakness, my, um, like, dirty little music secret is I love Carly Rae Jepsen and she just recently came out with a new album and like I listened the pop. to the one what's oh, the one so it was good. like there I there was a new one on the release radar on Spotify but what's the the song like before the album there um was a single that was really good I don't remember what the single was but basically um the new um playlist had I mean the new album call me maybe is is the most notable one um but the new that's like more than a decade old Cynthia I know I know I listened (laughs) to that when I was in college um and I also am also enjoying goth babe if you guys if anyone's listening likes like a little bit lo-fi but kind of poppy music like kind of distracts you from from what you're actually doing which is suffering then check out goth babe um Yeah. Okay. Silent Silent hub or loud hub? Silent hub. Although I have loud hubs. Yeah. I would prefer silent. And you? Silent. I like to be incognito. You're already just like bringing enough attention to how like insane you look. Mm -hmm. But I I will say like the 
be my hub got progressively louder over this last race and I was a little mm. bit happy to have a loud hub in bear country at night because mm. I was like, okay, well, yeah. you can hear me coming and I don't have to be screaming like, oh my God, my throat got so sore from just going, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that explains the lozenge you had before we started the podcast. Yeah, that and the raging forest fire and the ash falling from the sky. That's so crazy. Man, it was... What a- <laughs> Yeah, that was a little bit. You're nuts. preparing for Tour Divide. You're just <laughs> you're getting ready for it. Yeah, the divides. I think on my ten year plan, if that plan even exists. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, ten years is just a little too long to plan. Yeah, um, like let's try for the next. I don't know, three months, six months. Yeah. Yep. That's about how I do it. Um, okay. okay. So next one, which is also relevant to Tour Divide, rain or headwind, or rain in headwind. <laughs> I've been converted. I've I used to say rain. It's officially headwind. Oh. Uh, I would say I would choose rain over, oh wait, no headwind. I would choose headwind I over was like, rain. I feel like we've talked about this and you, you yeah. called me nuts for saying I would prefer rain. No, I would prefer headwind because like you can just change your attitude about headwind, yeah. but when you're wet and cold, yeah. Yeah, you it's can, a little you bit harder to do dry. something. No. Yeah. Um, okay. Sweet or savory yeah. ride food? Mm, start with sweet and with savory for sure. Uh, I actually... I would normally say I'm like mostly savory. I ate like 90, 99% sweet food this time around. Wow. The only thing that every time I stopped for like, because there was minimal resupply. So when I was on the bike, I was eating mostly sweet things because chips were just kind of hurting my mouth. And yeah. I ate a pepperoni stick that gave me the worst heartburn ever. Mm. So I just was like, I'm, I can't. I was kind of turned off it. Um, I got a pizza at one of the resupplies and I carried half a pizza with me and that was amazing. And then... I've been on a Tim Hortons kick and had a turkey bacon club. Oh my God, that was so good. But <sighs> those are like, wonderful. those are more like treats to look forward to. Like when you get the chance to kind of stop. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, uh, when you get this last question, when you get back from a ride at home, not during a race, but when you get back from a ride, what is your, and you're like totally cracked. What's your mm-hmm. go-to ride food? I mean, post ride food pepperoni feast from Domino's for sure Mm. double cheese double pepperoni and a root beer oh and cheesy bread garlic cheesy bread it's like super not the healthy choice but it's absolutely sometimes you just need calories yeah Yeah. for me absolutely 100% a Chipotle burrito I could eat two Uh, like honestly sometimes I've considered getting two I know it's a mistake but definitely like no fills your belly no mistakes fuel is fuel fuel is Fuel fuel is fuel Wow. Yeah, well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody for well, it's probably my mom, your mom, and Rachel. Rachel listening. <laughs> yeah, Rachel to this listening to um, but thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for, for listening. Coming to round one and Badlands episode will be coming to you before the race so that you can get really excited and dot watch and Cynthia's gonna absolutely just go ham sandwich bananas so fast i have a hopefully tofu sandwich bananas um oh yeah yeah. sorry are you vegetarian (laughs) i am a vegetarian um Um, yeah i know when you said that thing about the tim horton sandwich i was like that sounds kind of good but maybe you got completely turned off i i had after the race i had an avocado toast with goat cheese on focaccia and it wow that sounds so fancy (laughs) it was so fancy because i was like i just can't eat anything greasy but i it was a great great Mm. delicious um, thanks everyone for listening we appreciate it and uh yeah adios ciao see you later Bye. bye